Hi there, everyone. Uh, welcome back to uh, All Sports Unlocked. Um, here again, I'm your host, Max Stroud, here with uh, my producer, Ben Pry. How are you going, Ben? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Not G'day, everyone. Bad. How's the uh, week been treating you, mate? Another week in quarantine? Getting through? Yeah, very bo- boring. Didn't have any work this week, so um, fair to say the MLB career is um, <laughs> off to a flyer. I was about to mention that, actually. You've been uh, got the new MLB game. Been playing pretty well, I hear. Ah, uh, beginner difficulty, but still <laughs> absolutely dominating. Yeah, I've got the uh, been getting run right to the AFL Evolution myself. Um, so you always, int- I always find it interesting with the AFL games how they haven't improved since two thousand five. Um, yeah, no. but, but yet we still keep buying them. No, not, no, it's, it's it, it is it is a bit of fun. Uh, well, I think I'm up to in my career mode with the Saints. I'm up to about round eighteen, I think. Um, currently sitting pretty at the top of the ladder. Um, we lost cool. a couple, lost a couple on the trot though. Um, so we better get back on track there. Play a few games that later on. Is it worth the um worth the purchase? I th- I, I don't think I would have bought it if there was any sport on. To be honest, yeah. Um, okay. But it's it's filling a bit of a void for me. Yeah, um, fair enough. That that and horse racing have been the two uh, main outlets for me. <laughs> um, as far as getting my fix of sport. How did your punt go uh, on the weekend? Uh, we won't talk about that anymore no. than we have to. Um, <laughs> I think I think a lot of punters will agree that yesterday was a bit of a bit of a tough one, uh, both Flemington, Rose Hill, and Morfordville. Um, unfortunately, um, a lot of good tips kind of got rolled. Uh, Van de Clare was very disappointing. Uh, Russian Camelot got uh, scratched as well. Um, so all in all, um, very disappointing. Um, anyway, so. Obviously, talking about the lack of sports we've had at the moment. So the obvious question is, when are they coming back? Um, yep. That's what. So that's what we're going to delve into a bit to start this episode. And then I'm going to run through a few of the main uh, main talking points from the NFL draft as well. Um, so we'll start off obviously with one that's very close to heart. So the AFL. Um, no real plans have been put in place at the moment. Um, Reports uh, the last couple of days suggesting that Gil McLaughlin uh, and his team are preparing to make an announcement following the federal government, uh, whether that's yep. on at this stage either May 11 uh, or somewhere in that range. Um, yep. So, best case scenario, which it's looking like it might be actually that we might be able the, the um, regulations will be relaxed, um, and I think the plan is for all clubs to first of all have a two-week quarantine into because we're going to go with the hub concept. Um, so we're going to all, I think pretty sure all 18 clubs will be in the same area. Um, yep. So with the, I'll have to quarantine there for two weeks, obviously, um, as per um, the laws at the moment. So obviously all the clubs coming from interstate, I think it most likely be Victoria. Um, you, think it, you think it would be the most teams and probably the most usable grounds. Yeah, it's just a matter of where I know I've, um, Mornington Potential has been floated as a possible, um, really? possible uh, yep, uh, destination. The only problem I would have with that, I think there's a lot of synthetic wickets, cricket pitches on the uh, ovals down there, which could pose a bit of a problem. Um, yeah, there's, um, there'd be a few turf grounds, but there would be definitely um, the bigger ones. I know, I think Sorrento footy ground, that's... Sorrento, that no, they've got a synthetic pitch in the middle there. Um, Rosebud do. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. A lot of the clubs, so that could pose a possible logistic problem. Um, and then, obviously, a few other destinations. I know Darwin was talked about. Um, yeah. So just it's going to be a matter of what the AFL is feasible. So anyway, so up, it remains to be seen whether they'll be able to train during this quarantine because the Players Association and the AFL have pretty much agreed 
that we're going to have a three-week mini preseason before we get back to games. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't know whether that so it's whether that's going to be three weeks or five weeks before we're able to actually play. Um, so let's say best case scenario, May eleven. Let's say three weeks from May eleven. Let, let's just say let's just say an even month from May eleven, we're able to play footy again, right? Yep. So that, so that gets us to June eleven. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to be looking at footy pretty much every day of the week um, to try and catch up and obviously get the seventeen games in. Yeah. Um, so let's say. The hub concept, I think a fair estimation of that, it was probably six to eight weeks. Um, hopefully not no longer than that. Um, so let's say in that, so let's say, say once again, sticking with the best case scenario is we're in that hub concept for six weeks before we're able to go back to interstate travel and whatnot. Yep. Um, six weeks, you know, I think they would aim to get every club to play at least your 10 games or so. Yep, eight to ten games. Obviously, shortened quarters like we saw in round one, um, the sixteen minutes. So basically, eliminating quarters. So it's basically it's going to be six quarters a week. Obviously, a lot less training. Um, so I don't think that's going to stress the um, the players too much, because um, obviously they're pretty fit, um, and I'd, I'd imagine most of them have been keeping themselves pretty fit during quarantine as well. Um, so, and I don't think there will be any worry about increased injury. Um, uh, chances or anything like that. Um, so let's say we do that. So ten games the next six weeks. That'll take us to the end of July. Um, then you probably can go back to the then. So let's say six more weeks after that. So that means the, the footy season is going to end. The regular season end in mid September. Um, so that means we could have the finals over and done with. You know, sort of mid mid October sort of thing, which is probably a good result considering which we'll get into later. The Unlikelihood of the world twenty twenty taking shape um, throughout the October and November. Um, so yeah, I was about I was going to um, mention that we the October the World Cup starts October eighteen if it will start. At this stage, it's probably looking a bit less unlikely, but um, depending on how it all goes, yeah, because I've seen a lot of talk about um, how what will happen because obviously the MCG, the SCG, the Gabba. If they want to try and play footy and um, footy and cricket, they won't be able to do that with the um, drop-in pitches needed to come in mm. and so forth. Um, so they're going to have to, if the World Cup does, as organisers think, they are confident to get the tournament underway. Um, they have to get the footy season done before then, or all they just play at Marvel. Play footy at Marvel. Yeah. Sorry, play, uh, yeah, play footy at Marvel. Play the, play the, final, play the grand final yeah, at Marvel, which I don't think I want to do. They wouldn't want to do that, surely. Um, but if, uh, but I think overall, all in all, when you talk about the AFL, I think we're pretty confident we'll get a season in there. Um, obviously, it's not going to look anything like what we're normally used to. Um, yep. But, you know, I think everyone just wants something on the telly. And then in time, when we're able to go to the games again, I think we're all going to enjoy that. Um and I think the players will enjoy getting back out there. Um, everyone wins, really. It's a win-win scenario as we can get them out as quickly as possible. Um, next up, so the NRL. Um, NRL. So they've pretty much said um, May 28 is going to be their return date, no matter what happens. Yeah, um, I find that I just find that strange how one code of, of, Aussie, of Aussie sport can say May 28. And there can be so much 
like indecision about the other one? I think you'll find that the NRL is under a fair bit of financial strain um, and are just desperate to get their product back on the airwaves. Um, yeah. And that's what's going to happen. So they may fall once they get similar to the AFL. They're relying on a three-week uh, mini preseason. Yeah, um, May 4, they're attempting to return to training. Um, obviously, in a limited capacity, is obviously you can't still, social distancing laws are still in effect. Um, so, similar to what the NBA have done, I think it's going to be a lot of individual training um, yep. for the, to start with, um, small groups um, and, and something like that. Um, yep. But all in all, I just don't see, and I think they're going to probably go for the hub concept as well. Um, I think the storm have ticked off, off on going to Sydney, um, as have the Broncos. I think yesterday. Um, so, and the only other problem with the NRL is obviously the New Zealand Warriors. Ah, um, uh, yes, indeed. So I think if they they're going to have to get over to Australia um, as soon as possible, um, which I'm sure they'll be able to manage, um, and they obviously do their quarantine. Um, but all in all, the NRL it just seems that they're just desperate to get back out there. Obviously, they went through with crowds um, in the first. They played their first three rounds, first two rounds with crowds while all this was going on. Um, yeah. So they're not. I don't seem overly worried. Um, but having said that, May twenty eight, it, it could. It definitely could happen. The way that the world's going at the moment, especially um, in Australia, it seems to be slowing up. So things got a plan. Um, we should have some NRL on the TV as well soon. Any sport, I think. I'm not the biggest NRL fan, but I would take any sport at the moment. It is um, the sooner the better. And like you said, the way the curve is going at, at this stage, it looks like it'll be sooner rather than later, hopefully. You um, touched on cricket before, so we'll go there next. Um, I cannot fathom how the World 2020 can happen in October. Yeah. Um, I think it would be better for everyone to be pushed back um, and there's no reason why we can't push it back to February, March. Because um, there's a fair chance if the, if the AFL season goes late, um, that means the AFL season next year probably won't start on time, I would yep. guess, um, unless there's going to be a modifier, unless they get rid of the pre-season or something like that. Um, well, do, you, do you think the, um, they will get the India series in? That's what I was about to get to. I cannot see how they can't have an India tour. Um, it's two teams. Um, ele- well, India, 11 players, 15 in the squad, 25 coaches. Like, how can how can they not pull that off? Like, yeah. you, surely, can you, can't you get India to come to Australia in, I don't know, October? Have two yeah. weeks there. Even if you play two tests in Sydney, two tests in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, like you don't have to go to Brisbane or Adelaide or somewhere else, which and uh, keep the exposure going. They they're all staying in a hotel anyway. Um, yeah, you know, if they can't pull that off, that'd just be unbelievable to me. Um, especially yeah. since it's so far away now. Like it's what November. Um, well, and the other thing I've got to bring up is how the ICC are contemplating legalizing ball tampering. Have you seen um, this? No, I haven't. I missed this one. Actually, explain. The well, I would, the old man brought it up with me this morning, and then I've just had a look at, look at it. The ICC are looking at allowing ball tampering with artificial substances instead of sweat and saliva. Oh, okay, so 
the, the limit to, so it's all about coronavirus and germs. Yeah, around the spread, they don't want to. Yeah, that 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 uh, that's a slippery slope, though. I think if they were going to do that, I doubt, I highly doubt. Yeah. Because once once you once you give a dog a bone, um, see see how far they take it. Um, well, yeah, exactly. You because you can't allow them to use some other as a chewy or something, but then. What about sandpaper? Is that legal especially, or not? Especially considering everything the game's actually gone through in the yeah. last three years, ever since Cape Town. Um, it's, it seemed like a big, massive uh, step in the wrong direction to do something like that. You know what? It's, it's a part of the game, the whole saliva on the ball. I think I saw Hazelwood the other day saying, asked, was asked about it. He said, you, you wouldn't get, they wouldn't take a wicket after the ball's no. 20 years old unless they were able to show on the ball up. And, um, oh, no way. No way. So, you know, I think that's going to be a happy middle ground. Um, I, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be too worried about that. I, I don't think there's going to be much change within the rules of cricket. Obviously, it's, it's a unique sport in that, um, you know, everyone seems to – everyone touches the ball and there's a lot of sweat and different liquids go on the ball in a way um, that's uncanny. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't – I can't see um, ball tampering of any kind becoming legal. Um, yeah. And I think there's no way that India can't tour, um, and then the World 2020. Even if it's pushed back to March or February. Um, I think the other problem is the Cree Australia have put themselves in a bit of a financial hole as well. Yeah. Um, which is mainly really mainly mainly to be uh, blamed on the players. Um, they've been pretty disgraceful again with the when it comes to their um, monetary demands. Um, yeah. They are. I think they're only getting a 20% pay cut. Um, throughout this whole thing, even though um, they're not doing anything, yeah, um, which just seems bizarre to me. Obviously, the the play contracts list should only comes out at the start of April. Um, well, it didn't come out because no one's sure when they're going to be playing cricket again. But all those yep. that were contracted last year are still getting in their payments. Um, like someone like uh, Pat Cummins, I think, is on nearly two million a year from Australia alone. Obviously, he's lost his IPL contract and he's lost his. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's going to play county cricket twenty twenties or Pakistan twenty twenties, whatever. Um, but you know, I think it's everyone's taking a hit, um, and I think as the when the pay strike of two, two or three years ago, whenever it was, um, like someone like David Warner was leading the charge, um, and it just it created a lot of disharmony throughout the group. I think that was a big part of what, as Prevs mentioned, what ended up happening in Cape Town. Um, yeah. That's, I think that a lot of that started with that with the whole pay dispute, um, and I think the Australian public, I don't think anyone would have sided with the players throughout that. Um, they're all they're all being super greedy, um, yeah. and asking for way too much money. So, so I think Korean Australia they're not quite in this position of the NRL, but I think they're they're keen to get to get it going as soon as possible. Um, yeah. Well, I was just looking at the so the women's T Twenty World Cup. They had a they so they had two group two groups of five. Yep. Um, they went from the eighth of sorry they went from the twenty first of Feb mm-hmm. to the eighth of March. Everyone plays one. Everyone plays four group games yep. in the um in the group stages, and then you have a first plays second against in the other group. I think it was yep first in one group plays second in the other group. And then second, that group plays first in the other group. And when he goes straight into a grand final. Even, I think, if 
you waited till Feb and had that sort of modified, shorter version of your comp. Yeah, they they had three washouts. Um, obviously, one of them was in the semi final, and then two were just um, group games. But still, that's actually I I thought it would have been more to have it that late, more washouts with Melbourne and Australia's unreliable weather. But, we had um, the but, we had the fifty fifty World Cup as well in February and March in twenty fifteen. Exactly. But I don't, I don't think that was overly impacted by weather for memory. No, I don't think it was. It was a it was a hot day. The final when it was a hot day. Um, the final against Australia v New Zealand. I remember that was a hot day. It wasn't um too cold. Yeah. Um, that was right. Now. I mean, that was would have been March, not twenty nine. I reckon. Would have been late March. Yeah. Late March. You know, playing footy there five days later. <laughs> Quick turnaround, but um, I don't think it's out of the question for them to delay it till that sort of. I think if you have to, unfortunately, knock out the lowest ranked teams to make it a sort of modified, so you can fit it all in. Mm. Um, I don't think it's out of the question. No. Um. All right. Moving on from cricket. So the NBA. So there's some big news around the NBA this morning, actually. Um, so all facilities have been closed ever since the infamous Go Bear game on March 11th. Yep. Um, so the facilities will all be opened up on May 1 um, for states and cities that have eased state home orders. Um, so the main places that are in a fair bit of trouble at the moment are New York, California, Massachusetts, and Louisiana. Uh, so obviously that affects uh, the Knicks, the Nets, uh, Warriors, Kings, Lakers, um, Celtics and the Pelicans, um, but yep. apart from that, it seems like a lot of the other teams will be able to, at the very least, start to have let people let the players back into the building, um, yep. and let them, you know, um, have some individual workouts. Um, it's not not going to be. I don't think the teams aren't allowed to make people come in yet. Um, they can't force them to come. No, in. it's going to have to be on a voluntary basis. But I'd imagine that means that most people are going to come in, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, the professional players, they're going to want to put up, put up some basketball shots. Um, and then the, the players are pushing for a 25-day training camp Yep. Um, before we get back into the swing of things. Um, and obviously, I think the all, all uh, hope of getting the regular season back on it all but gone. Um, Adam Silva hasn't officially stated that. Um, he actually hasn't said anything apart from until this morning. Um, with the news of the facilities being reopened, but I think all signs point to having a just going straight into the playoffs and probably finishing in your sort of August sort of range, um, and then starting next season rather than the traditional mid to late or, uh, October, um, more at sort of Christmas time to replicate the the two months they've missed. Okay. Yep. Um, would there be any? Has has there been any talk about a um? Sort of like a hub situation where they yep. all play. So it'll be in training facilities. Um, yep. So whether it's in Vegas or LA or somewhere like that, I think Vegas probably makes the most sense, just where they have the summer league. Um, yep. Or um, what was the other place they? Someone suggested Memphis. I think the Tennessee hasn't been hit that hard by it. Um, so someone said you could play. In there, um, Indiana was another one that came up, but I think Vegas makes the most sense, um, just because you know it's still going to be good weather um, yep. throughout August. Um, 
it's going to be really it's going to be really hot there actually in August. But um, I think it's the most central of the places um, and has the most courts. Like just and they've already got a built in sort of high school gym sort of situation where they play the summer league at the Thomas yeah. Mack Center. Um, well, they they also need a place where they can actually house all the players. Yeah, a place correct. Where you got how many teams are in the NBA? So, well, they're thirty, but it's going to be sixteen. Obviously, with the playoffs. Uh, yeah, you had sixteen teams with coaches, players, and you like, just maybe you cut down on staff. Like say, the NBA, you only let you let one coach, two assistants, three assistants, physio, a doctor. Yeah, like, obviously, that, you, that, need, that's you, need, you, you need you need your physios and stuff there, or even if the NBA just hire a like yeah. a, just for to watch each game, and they don't have team team and they can do this and strap their ankles and what it, what's whatever um just so they're limited limiting the spread of it and the little the less people there are there the less chance it can actually spread correct I, I don't think the season can finish later than august um is my is what my takeaways are from what's been said um, by people in the media and in the nba itself um, would they but, would they shorten the they would shorten the series, wouldn't they, to a five-game or three-game um, series? It'll depend on how, where, how late they get back on. Um, yep. I wouldn't rule out even the first rounds, um, like a knockout sort of thing. between Just a sudden, sudden death? Like, no, I think if the top four seeds of each, each conference would still go through, then just be knockout maybe from um, from 5 through to 10 or 5 through to 12 or whatever it is. Um, yeah, and, okay. then go, and then go to some five-game series. And then, obviously, when we get through to the conference finals and the finals, Probably see it go back to the traditional seven. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. Like, which team's going to benefit from the from the break? You'd think, yeah. so, like, you think the team like the Lakers who were pushing the players pretty hard. Um, I know LeBron and Dave's playing over thirty five minutes a night, um, and then Bradley Green were all playing big minutes, and then even off the bench, uh, folks like um, Caldwell Pope, Kuzma were all playing very regular minutes and. Bit all over the place as well with their minutes sometimes, um, so that it'll be interesting to see. They'll probably come out a bit more refreshed, I'd say. Yeah, you know, we know how LeBron came out this season, um, whereas someone like Milwaukee, although in time they were starting to limp a little bit to the finish line. I think maybe they just taken the foot off the gas. But Giannis was only playing thirty odd thirty odd minutes a game um, throughout the year, um, so you'd think he probably was fresh to go and obviously been a bit ten, almost ten years younger than LeBron. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who ends up benefiting yep. most out of that situation and even to lower yep. down the list someone like someone like Brooklyn does Kevin Durant yep. and Kyrie Irving come back into the mix um, and make it make it tough for a two seed like the Raptors um, someone like Philadelphia with Embiid and Simmons that the Simmons come back from his back injury um, playing against Boston and that'll be that'll be really good so I think the East is probably the most intriguing one for Mellon uh, obviously we've all got all those moving pieces yeah well I think um like you said, I think there's a difference because clubs will come back. It will really show which clubs worked the hardest and yep. which clubs didn't work hard Correct. on their own because you'll see clubs come back refreshed but also still fit enough to run out full games. Mm. But you'll see, I'm sure you'll see some teams that haven't done the work they should have and will be struggling to get play those full minutes yeah. and... Um, yeah, won't be able to actually play those game play those games yet yeah, compared to others. So I think it will create a real um, like imbalance of like not everyone's going to be at the same fitness level. Yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be interesting. Um, 
As far as soccer goes, so you take the lead with that one. What have you uh, uncovered in your research there? Well, I think main the main comp that everyone sort of looks towards is the um, EPL, the English Premier League. They, uh, I know a lot of Liverpool supporters are scared as because the um, on Friday the Dutch the Dutch league announced that their season is done, no premierships and no relegations, no one coming up or down from the leagues. Wow. It's, it's just done. So the, the Premier League has 92 games to go. Um, I think it is they are eyeing, at the at this stage, they've announced that they're eyeing a resumption on June 8th yep. behind, behind closed doors. And um, I think they will try and get it done. I'm not sure what they're looking at in terms of um, in terms of how many games a night and stuff like that. Um, how many like how many games during the week? But I think um, at this stage they want to get it done asap because it also it affects because all the leagues are different and stuff like that. It affects the transfer window and um, sort of when if one leg finishes but the other one doesn't. You can't really have transfers in and out of the leagues if someone's playing and someone's not. Mm-hmm. So I think, and then there hasn't really been. There's been a bit of talk um, around the Champions League. Obviously, probably the biggest, and the um, I think aim June July. They want they wanted to start, which but it also just they have to figure out what it's going to do about next year. I think with the Premier League season normally starting in August. Um, I think they um they don't want to go too far that way, so the players have enough time and stuff like that. But I think at this stage, in terms of just the um, EPL, I think it's looking like um June eight. I think as yeah, I think England. I also saw June eight as a timeline for cricket in England too. Yep. So um, that sort of makes sense, I guess. But obviously behind closed doors for a while. And, yeah, so I'm not sure. Apparently the Champions League final will be... They're hoping for a final in August. Right. Um, But, yeah, that's all I've got on soccer at at the moment. So at this stage, it still looks like Liverpool will be able to claim their first title um, as long as they don't colossally stuff this up. (laughs) Which would be pretty hard to do. It would it, w- it would be talented to lose the league from here. I don't think they could. Um, uh, now the one sport across the world, I, world, I just could not fathom how um, they couldn't keep it going was golf. Yes. Um, Let's not get my dad on talking about this. He will, <laughs> especially the well, obviously local golf has been rather bizarre, but the professional side of things uh, in the US. Um, did they really have to cancel it? They cancelled it after the first round of the players. Um, yeah, they played the first round with no fans. It seems like a game you can pretty easily play with no fans. Uh, it, it doesn't really make sense to Sim- me. Similar, but... to ho- similar to horse racing. Um, yeah. is you can kind of quarantine together. Yeah, it find. doesn't make Because I think not, it's not as if you're with your families anyway. Um, yeah. A lot of times you're on the, on the road. So I would have thought you can kind of go around together um, so at this stage, they're, they're uh, hoping for a resumption um, June one. Yep. Um, they've so the British Open's been called off already. 
Yep. Um, and I think the European tour is pretty, uh, pretty much gone for this year yep. anyway. So the three, they've the, obviously the other three majors are the ones that are going to be the most interest. Um, so the, the PGA Championship, um, which really originally meant to be held in May, uh, has been pushed back to August between August sixth and ninth, and that'll be in San Francisco. Yep. Um, at Harding Park. Uh, the U.S. Open is going to be September 18 to 21 at this stage. That's in New York, though, which could be prior to battle. Uh, that, if, um, if New York hasn't opened up yet, but we're still a while away. So, But the way New York, New York is in an absolute terrible state at the moment. Yeah, correct. Um, and then, obviously, the Masters, um, November 12 to 15. Um, that also means that two of the majors are going to be held uh, in the wraparound, so they'll technically count to the 2021 season. Yep. Um, which is a bit different to what we're used to. Um, as far as the, the playoffs, um, the FedEx, I don't think that's going to take place um, just because there's not going to be enough time. So it's just going to, I think it's it'll probably end up all being uh, put onto the 2021 season, I'd say. Ah, uh, yep. Yep. Um, Makes sense. Which is probably the most likely. Um, and uh, there's been some alternative venues, obviously, which could take place um, for the US Open. Um, and Whistling Straits, who was meant to host the Ryder Cup, um, which pretty much seems impossible. And I, I don't think the Ryder Cup is something you want to play without fans. No, the Ryder no. Cup is the one thing that's in golf that you have to sort of uh, have the fans for. Um, so that could yep. be an easy replacement in the Ryder Cup. The hard thing with the Ryder Cup, obviously with President's Cup next year, they'll probably all just get pushed back a year. Yep. Um, so the Ryder Cup replaces it next year, then President's Cup in 2022. Um, so the, I'll move on to the, the NFL now. Obviously, had the draft. I'll get into that a bit. Um, the season's four months out, so it's probably too early to tell. I know Goodell and Trump have been uh, in long talks trying to make sure that we don't miss any time. And I don't, I don't think we will, um, even if it begins with behind closed doors. I think that there's no way. I think they'll definitely find a way. Um, there's no way that the Americans will go too long without football. Um, it's coming a good time for them, if anything, the coronavirus. Um, so I, I, I can't see that they're missing any time. Obviously, it might be behind closed doors, um, but the Super Bowl will remain intact um, for 2020 and 2021. Um, on to the draft. It's been uh, happening in the last couple of days. Um, so biggest headlines, um, obviously, uh, Tua. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. Uh, <laughs> Tua, great pick by the Dolphins, I thought, uh, number five. Um, they Obviously, there was a big thing at the start of the year, Tua, tank for Tua. The Dolphins were going to go. That was before um, Joe Burrow obviously emerged um, into what looks like an all-time talent. Um, and then obviously um, the between picks two and four not being quarterback needy teams. Um, obviously with the Redskins uh, at two, they've got about four quarterbacks. Um, the Lions at three have Matt Stafford on a big deal. Uh, and then the Giants obviously um, drafted Danny Dimes um, last year. So I think they're pretty uh, happy with him being their go-to option at the moment. Um, so then the, he fell in, into the lap of the Dolphins, who starting to make a really good uh, little young nucleus there. Uh, I'm not sure if Tua is going to start straight away, so they got um, still got Fitzy there. Um, so it might be a good year for Tua to develop. Um, under Fitzy, who's obviously been a big journeyman over the course of his career um, and played some pretty solid football um, the last two years on the Tampa Bay, then on the Dolphins last year. Um, so I think I, I think obviously it came down to two or a Herbert at five. 
um, with the Chargers at six, obviously looking for a quarterback as well. Um, I think Herbert is the safe option. I think, but I think in the top ten, if you're going to pick a quarterback, I think you've got to swing for the fences in a way. Because there's no point getting stuck um, with an expensive quarterback that you're going to have to pay in a few years, such as what's happened with the Rams now with Jared Goff. Um, if Herbert ends up being Jared, obviously a pretty good quarterback, but he's never going to be um, in that elite level, and you're still going to have to pay him, um, which obviously is going to hamper the team, which happened with the Rams, which we'll get on to later um, when we talk about the losers of the draft. Um, so well done, Dolphins. Um, another headline, uh, obviously Gronk, uh, obviously a day before the before the draft, but coming out of retirement, shockingly. This is what um, I do know. <laughs> Um, so about a two, about a month ago, he said that he had over 20 concussions in his career, um, and could not see himself playing football again. Um, since then he's become a wrestling champion uh, on WWE, um, and has decided that uh, he wants to play football again. Um, might have something to do with the quarterback. Yeah. I think, uh, him and the quarterback have a bit of history, um, I've heard. Um, obviously three Super Bowls together with Tom uh, in New England um, so it'll be interesting I, I can't see him making a big impact to be perfectly honest um, he looks like he's lost a bit of weight um, so I'm not sure if his blocking is going to be um, on par with what it was um, he's obviously been injury prone throughout his whole career only played, played 100 career games in his 12 seasons um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can manufacture anything I think he obviously still, still have his highlights um, a player of his caliber and skill level always will, um, but I don't think it's going to make the impact that Tampa Bay fans and bandwagon Tampa Bay fans probably think it will. Um, the other bizarre thing about the draft was obviously the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers, four years, hundred thirty-five million dollars left on his deal. Um, one win off the Super Bowl last year, so you're probably thinking, you know. Um, the defense struggled a bit last year. Why don't we take a light, put a bit of pressure on the opposition, um, or give Aaron another weapon? Who obviously last year Devontae Adams um, and Aaron Jones are the only people who could uh, really rely on to be consistent uh, in that in the skill positions on the offense. Um, and yet they, now they take Jordan Love, who through was had a good uh, junior year in college, but his senior year left a bit to be desired. Through seventeen interceptions last year. Um, so I'm not sure if he's the man who's going to be your next, uh, well, your next Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, that's what it worked for them uh, back in 2005 when they drafted um, Aaron Rodgers to at pick 24 to replace the aging Brett Favre. But um, it's one of those things. Does lightning really strike twice when you're this close to winning a Super Bowl as well? Uh, and the other, and then in compounding wise in the second round, um, with by drafting a running back. Um, it's it's pretty common knowledge that unless they're pretty special, you don't draft running backs early on, especially if you've already got one of the premier ones, Aaron Jones, um, who is very capable as a, as a pass uh, on the passing game as well. Um, so it, it, it was a draft that was quite mind-boggling, really. Um, I can only imagine that Aaron Rodgers is absolutely seething at the moment. Um, obviously, he's on the, on the downturn of his career, but still probably a top five, six, seven quarterback last year. Um, and it seems it doesn't seem like the Packers are that eager on uh, getting his prime, his, his, his career to be that successful. Um, 
Yeah, so I'll go on to the winners now. Um, the two easiest ones I had, the Bengals and the Redskins. Um, Joe Burrow for the Bengals and Chase Young for the Redskins look like absolute all-timers. Um, Chase Young, probably the number one pick in any other draft um, of the, in the recent memory. Um, probably I'm going to see him having the same impact as Nick, that Nick Bosa had um, straight out of college on the, on the 49ers this year. Um, and you can probably lock those two in for Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year um, unless Tua gets the starting job and goes nuts like he probably can. Um, but that's um, and or injury, um, but these two look absolutely fantastic. Um, Burrow was incredible last year. Chase Young, as previously mentioned, um, pretty much going to be slotted straight to the Redskins. The Redskins actually drafted pretty solidly as well. Um, I don't think they're, they're not going to be the laughing stock that we've grown accustomed to. Um, if Dwayne Haskins has come on a little bit at uh, the quarterback position, I know they've got some concerns about him already after using a first rounder of last year, but if he can uh, come the play that they want to draft, uh, then that could be interesting. Um, as for just to mention, the Dolphins, um, so they drafted two linemen uh, to uh, protect Tua. So that'll be that'll help with his development tour, getting two, uh, two, to, uh, two tackles in the top 70 picks of the draft and also building through the defense, um, drafting a corner and then a couple of defensive linemen as well. Um, so five picks in the first 70, six picks, sorry, in the first 70. I think they nailed all of them um, and got exactly what they were after. Look for them with Brady out of the, out of the uh, AFC, AFC East. Um, look for the Dolphins to make a bit of a move up the rankings next year, I reckon. Um, oh, it's actually going to be a stronger division than we've grown accustomed to. Oh, it's the Bills. Um, didn't have a strong draft hand, um, but were pretty solid last year. And I think Josh Allen still has a bit of improvement left in him. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens in that division next year. Obviously, and you can't count out Belichick and the Patriots, can you? Um, elsewhere, I think the Niners and the Cowboys over in the NFC um, did a fantastic job of strengthening up their list. Um, Niners, obviously, it'd be easy um, being in front of the Super Bowl with five minutes left. Um, be easy to uh, rest on your laurels a little bit and just bring back the same crew, um, but that's not how... Um, Lynch and Shanahan work. They like to keep mo- keep things moving. Uh, Kinlaw and Ayuk in the first round um, address two needs. Um, one being um, a defensive tackle to replace DeForest Buckner, who was traded to the uh, Colts with the pick and the value he got in that trade. Um, and then obviously a wide receiver um, after Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders um, left in free agency um, to the Broncos. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if those two, I think Kinlaw will definitely make an impact straight away. Um, obviously after Debo Samuel came in and was automatically um, one of the best wide receivers, first year wide receivers last year, we can see if couldn't have the same uh, same uh, impact in Shanahan's obviously spread out offense. Um, and then Trent Williams as well um, in the defense uh, will add a bit of, uh, bit of uh, veteran presence. As for the Cowboys, um, their first two picks, I reckon they nailed these. Um, obviously, they weren't going for a wide receiver, already just paying Amari Cooper $100 million um, and having Ezekiel and Dak Prescott as well on big money. But when someone like CeeDee Lamb uh, drops you at pick 17, uh, I think you just have to take him. Um, and this uh, was no no exception. And I think they did pretty well. So Jerry alone on his white couch um, did a pretty good job here. Um, and then Trevin Diggs as well. 
Um, obviously, uh, probably the most uh, most versatile player in the draft. Um, I was into the draft last year as a cornerback. I think that's where he'll play. Um, but he can do a lot of things. Um, be a special teams um, sort of man. And to get him with pick 449, um, you'd have to be happy with that. Um, and I look at the Cowboys. Look, obviously they've been disappointing the last couple of years. Got all the names. Um, but if uh, if Zeke can come on a bit more, Dak's probably got some improvement left in him, you'd have to say. So they look for them to make a move next year um, and uh, finally claim the NFC East. Um, now, losers, obviously already mentioned the Packers. Um, look, to say that to call them losers probably might be a bit premature because um, there's, there's every chance that Jordan Love turns into the player that they draft. Um, and then we, uh, looking back in 10 years, thinking, oh, what a genius move. Um, maybe they do trade Aaron Rodgers in the next year or two if they do think the love is their man um, and try and get some get to get him some help. Um, but at this stage, it, do, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, we thought you surround the man who's been in the face of your franchise for 14 years rather than replace him for his last three. Um, I think the Chargers lost out. I think there's a clear uh, Burrow and uh, Tua were the top two picks. Uh, as far as quarterback position goes. And obviously, after cutting ties with Phil Rivers, who's been the face of their franchise for the past 16 years, um, they needed to take one. Um, Tyrod Taylor um, will most likely have the starting job, but Justin Herbert, uh, is pretty. I think he's a pretty safe pick. Um, but is he going to be a star? I don't know. I think, obviously, he's got good size, um, throws it well, good arm, but... Is he gonna? Is he the corner kind of quarterback you want to build your team around um, in twenty twenty? And that remains to be seen. Um, I've packed the Patriots and the Rams together. Um, trading out of the first round for the Patriots was bizarre again. Um, I think Bill Belichick arguably the greatest coach of all time, but when it comes to the draft, I think it's time for them to get someone else in charge. And because I don't think I just simply don't think he realizes the value. Um, look at a team like the 49ers who've paid their quarterback Garoppolo a lot of money um, and they've uh, been pretty successful drafting young players um, to surround that team um, on cheap money and the Patriots just haven't done that which led to a lot of frustration from Tom um, which then obviously ended in leaving. Um, so it remains to be seen uh, whether Jared Stidham will be able to lead this group um, or whoever ends up being the quarterback um, but a first-round pick would have made a lot of sense to the Patriots, um, whereas the Rams, which has been well-documented, the cap situation they found themselves in, um, traded the two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey last year, um, which uh, might end up backfiring. It wasn't that much of an uh, upgrade on Peters. Um, and obviously with no picks coming in, you, and with Jared Goff on that huge contract, uh, it makes it hard to build a team. Um, finally, the last, last loser was the coverage of the draft. Obviously, so unique um, to, to be in this position like that, but it, it left a lot to be desired, I thought. Um, the fact that they hardly spoke about football after the picks, um, it's been well-documented, well-memed. They touched on every single tragedy that's ever happened in any of the players' lives, um, every hard knock they've ever had. Um, 
more talk more about the family. Um, and I think it was one of those things you needed. I think they needed a host. Like Roger Goodell was doing everything. Um, he was taking bring, bring you back from ad break. Um, he was making the picks, obviously. Um, and I just thought someone with a like a not necessarily a comedian, but you know, like a host sort of type would have been great in that sort of that aspect, just to make things run a bit more smooth. Um, I love personally, I love the Zoom uh, aspect of it. I love crossing to seeing how everyone's living. Cliff um, Cl- uh, Grimsby's ho- Cliff Clinsby's house was a, a particular highlight. Um, seeing the one-year head coach living in an absolute mansion with a fire pit with no chairs around it—that was uh, that was awesome for mine. Uh, um, and then also Jerry Jones on his couch, uh, and then Bill Belichick's dog um, making the picks for the Patriots um, was also some of the highs I had out of the uh, the Zoom, the unintentional comedy. And then also got to got to mention uh, Mike Vrabel. I'm not sure what was going on in the background there, but it definitely looked like there was a bloke here uh, relieving himself, having to sit down in the bathroom. Um, not sure where, why the door wasn't closed on that one, um, but uh, certainly a bit interesting. If you haven't seen that uh, photo, um, it, it, it's good for a laugh. Um, and that's sort of about all the thoughts I've had. With That's my first uh, thoughts about the NFL draft. Um, shout out to Aaron Sipos, um, another good Australian, uh, cut into the draft. Uh, obviously didn't get picked but signed with the Detroit Lions. Um, coach just at, uh, at Brighton Grammar, uh, footy and cricket. Uh, so well done, mate. Uh, hope, but wish you all the best. Uh, hope your career goes well over there. Um, that's about it. Oh, that's about all I've got um, as far as sport at the moment. Um, you got anything else to add, Ben? Uh, no, I think you wrapped up that pretty well. Um, I've got nothing else to add to that. Just hopefully sport comes back as soon as possible. Yeah. So I think we've been good We've been good in this one. We've been very optimistic. Uh, we've kept the uh, best case scenario going at all times. Um, and I think, especially in Australia, I can't say as much for the um, for the Yanks, but I think things are looking up here, especially when it comes to sport. Um, so uh, after you finish listening to this one, go check out the uh, 2000 AFL redraft we did. Um, that yep. was a lot of fun doing our first episode. Um, it's going to take the 2001 draft soon. That'll be the next thing we do. Massive um, draft. Massive draft. The super draft, as it was called at the time, and still holds up. Um, quite a few Brownlow medalists, Norm Smith medalists. Oh, um, absolute so we'll, stacked draft, so that yeah. is. So we'll delve into that. Um, and then, obviously, no, no much sport on, so we might start doing some more stuff, with uh, obviously, with older stuff. Uh, so let us know if you've got any ideas about what we should do. Um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and that's all from us, I think. Yep. See you next time. Have a good day, guys.